Welcome to the Texas Hemp Show. This is podcast number 104 this week on the program. The show that almost wasn't. <laughs> that is an inside joke, to say the least. But joining us this week here on podcast number 104 is Jay McGuire from the Texas Hemp Federation. Going to be joining us. We're going to be talking legislative bills. Um, the 88th is going to start being a hot topic as we get to the end of the year as they will go into session in January through May. Another show, and, and then joining me this week on the, the show is Rachel. Welcome to the studio again. Hi. Good to, good to have you back on uh, over here. Let me turn your mic up a little better there. How have you been? I've been good, especially, you know, still kind of recovering from last weekend from the Texas Hemp Summit. You yeah, know. that was a lot of fun. We, <laughs> you know, we went to, uh, and we'll, I'll talk to Jay here to just address this to him. But you know, we were at the Texas Hemp Summit last week, and it was really weird, Rachel, because, you know, normally when we go to these, we can record, and we're in a big of a, a room, and and all the panels are always in another room, so you can go to the other room and hear the panel, but you. You always work our booth. We always are just, you know, fielding questions from people coming by to, to say hi to our booth. We're talking to other vendors in there. But what was unique about this one last week was that all the panelists were in the same room with the vendors. Mm -hmm. And so when I normally take time to have a recording and do an interview uh, with a, someone that's visiting, they're, you know, we have time. I, I had to do it like, I, Jay, I sounded like a, it was... He's on a par nine, and uh, you know, I sound like a golf broadcast because I couldn't <laughs> talk because the panelist was. You want to be respectful to the panelists, but we couldn't. So we didn't actually get any recording audio except for what Carl ran video on. So we did have some video on uh, captured from last week's Texas Hemp Summit. So that was a good thing, but we just didn't get to capture a podcast. So this would have been podcast one hundred and five. Had we gotten successful audio, but anyway, blabbering on, let's bring in our guest, Jay McGuire. Where are you in Dallas, San Antonio, or Houston this week? I, I cannot, I cannot uh, pr provide you with that information, sir. It's classified. <laughs> I'm in the state of Texas. Joining us this week again, to, we as promised a few weeks ago, Jay appeared in on one of those. I think it was podcast 101. Uh, had him on briefly there, and um, we, as promised, got you on here on the 17th. Podcast 104 is you, sir, and welcome to the show. What's cooking with the Texas Hemp Federation, Jay? Well, uh, we are preparing for yet another battle royale in the <laughs> Texas yep. legislature. Um, <clears throat> I, I think you've already covered the dates. Pre-filing bills uh, started on the 8th. Uh, so far... And this is important for your audience to understand. Think of this as football season. Mm -hmm. We're in preseason right now. They've gotten through the elections. Uh, so now members really love to have their bills get a low number. I think it's style points. When I worked for a senator in the legislature, they still cared about it. Um, so you see a whole raft of bills get introduced in this period, usually you know between now and Christmas. Um, and then it's quiet for a while. And then we get a whole bunch of more. This is important because we're looking for bills that are filed by uh, the prohibitionist members in the Senate. 
uh, particularly Senator Charles Perry of Lubbock. Uh, so far, we haven't seen anything, but we know from people who have spoken to his office that he does have uh, a draft ready to go. We do not have reliable information on what will be in it. Um, so <clears throat> I'm not paid to speculate, but here's what I think. Mm -hmm. I think Senator Perry is on the record saying that he does not like us. He does not like our products. Mm -hmm. He does not like what we stand for. He doesn't like people getting high. And that is the that is the frame through which he sees the Texas hemp-derived cannabinoid industry mm -hmm. entirely. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't expect him to go easy on us because he thought uh, that he you know, had an easy win last time. And well, the Texas Hemp Federation and our incredible team with uh, Tris Castaneda and his guys at Longbow and <clears throat> Jim Dow and his guys at Cross Oak, my good buddy, Ron Hinkle, just whipped cat, just whipped ass. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, you know, when they couldn't get it through the legislative cycle, they tried to get the commissioner of the Department of State Health Services uh, to pass a regulation banning the same stuff. And they messed that up and we sued them and, and we won. I wouldn't expect the senator to look kindly upon this. So it, expect that he's going to throw the book at us. Here's what I think he might do. You, he's going to throw a curveball. You're setting up the curveball, right, Jay? Yeah, you know what? On second thought, you, though, you mentioned a football analogy earlier preseason. I think you're going yes. to throw. I think we're. I think you're throwing a curveball at us. Is what you think Perry's going to do? Am I? Am I close? That's you know wrong sport. Same idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but I'm not going to. I think it would probably not serve the industry well for me to get too much into what I think could happen. But we've got areas of vulnerability. Um, you know, all hemp and hemp derived products uh, are legal under the Farm Bill. Uh, and we've had two circuits, two federal circuits, use that one sentence as the rationale for their decisions to uphold mm -hmm. the legality of our products. Expect that to be the thing that we hammer on. So that leaves all kinds of other things. Well, no, no look at taxes, high taxes, look at age gating at the point of sale. Yeah. Look at how our products are packaged. There's lots of things that they that he could do that would be onerous. Um, we will fight them. Well, we will not be the only ones fighting them. What I meant uh, by curveball, I guess, is you told me before a few weeks ago, and maybe I don't know if I should say this, or I don't know if it. If that's, oh, if you shouldn't say it, Russell. Oh, okay, no. okay, okay, no. okay. So we'll we'll keep we'll move on. Um, yes, sir. Um, so what can we expect? Um, the, the, the biggest bill filed so far that you wanted to address for the 88th was the one from Nicole Collier, right? Sure is. Uh, Representative Nicole Collier of Fort Worth has filed a bill, House Bill 382. Excellent bill. It, it essentially, it's, a, it's an effort to uh, address a problem that really is down to how state crime labs and our private industry testing labs okay. seem to come up with different results sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, so if a consumer buys a, uh, a hemp vape uh, at, you know, Joe and Marie's CBD shop in Pasadena, Texas, and he goes off and he uses it and he gets pulled over and the cop looks at it and he says, that's, I think that's hot. I'm going to seize it. I'm going to test it. And it comes back hot they're going to nail 
the consumer with a possession charge. But the consumer has relied on representations made by the retailer and the manufacturer that this is a legal product. And I think what Collier's bill, I've not spoken to the representative, and I'm sure the lobbyists on Sky Marketing's team will be speaking to her, no doubt. I'm absolutely certain that this has got something to do with probably a constituent. But as you know, Russell, the Texas Hemp Federation has delved a little bit into helping to uh, fight for the defense of people who are unjustly yeah. accused in this way. That's right. Uh, you know, it, it's a different kind of it, it's it's the it's the retail side of what happened with Sky and Hobbs. OK, you know, they were the growers. They got screwed. Mm -hmm. So um, we've probably gotten, I don't know, 15 or 20 of these cases that we're tracking. And, and mind you, I don't know whether those cases whether those uh, that evidence was actually hot or not, I'm not going to uh, uh, speculate. But I do know uh, from laboratory people and from uh, manufacturers that when the same the when they send the same samples to different labs, often they're coming out with some serious variants that could yeah. mean the difference between testing hot and testing fine. Well, we got to figure that out, man, because. Well I just want to jump in there because I think it, it, one of the things we need to, to maybe have better laws on our testing is, is it is it unreasonable, Jay, to think that we might have a law enforcement testing with private testing agencies? I, you know, when I had Susan on the show running for ag, commis hey. ag commissioner, Susan said, well, Russell, it's the job of the government and the state to provide the funds to these agencies so that they have better lab equipment. They shouldn't have to depend on private labs for uh quality testing but the fact is many of those uh state labs in these little counties are you know there's a few good ones like th i think that susan said but um is there well, some I, legislation that could be passed that would allow for state agencies to utilize yes. a, a better quality lab that tests for you know better cannabis uh, you know gets it more accurate testing uh, because they are testing for cannabis one of our goals and i'm not absolutely certain that we're going to be able to get it done this year one of the Texas Hemp Federation's goals is to create a set of standards that the state requires. Mm. It doesn't matter whether a state employee does the testing or if a company contracted by the state does the testing. So long as they are testing, as they're operating to the same set of procedures using the same kind of equipment. Um, I think what we've got is you've got some crime labs or some labs that are just sort of bargain basement old equipment they're testing to different standards uh and then some are you know state of the art we've got an incredible lab here uh company disruption labs produces a cbd product called reset um incredibly impressive uh chromatography machines and, and i don't uh, pretend to understand the chemistry and the science but what i do know is that a mass spectrometer breaks down the sample there's a little, little chart, in it sh and you can circle where on that chart the peaks and valleys are. And that's this is hot for THC because it's over 0.3. That's what you need. That's the evidence. Why it's different at, from one lab to another, there's usually a little bit of variance that's normal. But it can't be like in the case of Sky and Hobbs, mm -hmm. where they knew damn well yeah. that the certificates of, of analysis showed it that it was legal. And the state crime lab came back with it hot. And that smells... So sometimes it may be a funding issue, but sometimes it may not. Sometimes it's just good old, good old redneck, red, 
red-blooded politics, you know. <laughs> could, be, could be, but but the other piece of this, not relating to the criminal law aspect of it, but this is incredibly important. We need full panel testing. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of manufacturers, particularly the new entrants into the market or the smaller companies, find that full panel testing costs so much more than just testing for the THC yeah. levels that that they and they don't recognize what they're doing. They're putting a, a consumable an edible product into the stream of commerce. Somebody's going to eat it. They don't know if there's if they don't test for everything. They don't know if there's listeria, which is a terrible what Bluebell had to do their recall over. And it seems mm-hmm. to, you know, every so often pop up and kill a bunch of people. We don't need that. Uh, we don't need it containing heavy metals, and we know that hemp is great at pulling heavy metals out of contaminated soil. That is why the state must require full, full panel, panel testing. testing. Yeah, because because it's one of those things where if everybody if, if nobody does it, no, no, sorry, if responsible companies do it and there's no disincentive, companies, no one will do it. So that's that's why we have to fix it. This is one of those rare cases where Texas needs a law. Usually we don't need laws in Texas. We got plenty of them, but <laughs> right. but seriously, it's going to cost uh, companies some money. But the consumers deserve to know that they're consuming a safe product. Yeah, um, let's uh, uh, we'll see. And the thing is, um, that testing is key. And I wonder, you know, I've proposed to other people on the show if we might get better legislation, you know, for for testing. I think. Uh, if they had, you know, access, if law enforcement had access to civilian testing, I just think it'd be, it's all law better, but it, but it, but it holds a, a will law enforcement, would will law enforcement want to do that? Yeah, well, they will. I mean, look, people give law enforcement agencies a, a bad rap, and I know that there's reasons for that, and I'm not disputing it. I'm 100% against the war on drugs and mass incarceration and all the things we already know about. But I think that your average cop, does not want to arrest somebody and have that arrest turn bad. Mm-hmm. You know, firstly, they're not in it to, to bust innocent people. And secondly, it's got to be a gigantic headache that clogs up their system that they don't meet. So yeah. this is, it's as, as much as anything else, this is going to benefit the police. Pairing this set of legislation that we're hoping will get introduced, the uh, State Bar Association is creating uh, a cannabis law section. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea behind that is to help train law enforcement on some of these issues that, you know, they just don't know about because it's all so brand new and there aren't really any training modules that have been available. Well, that's going to be interesting to see what the the board, the the law board does with this cannabis review. I don't know who I had on the show not too long ago said they were going to be leading up that uh, was that David Sergi? Uh, yeah, Stanford yeah, it was, sure was. Yeah, yeah, it was David. Yeah, it was earlier in the buddy. year. Uh, we, I recruited him to be the chief litigator in the Sky Marketing case, and you know he did a stellar job. And so uh, that is, he is a member. He is a board member of the State Bar. So he and Andrea Steele are going to be uh, heading that uh, that uh, section up. 
Well, well, we're gonna get. We're coming up on our first break here in the show. We're gonna take a, a little three-minute break, grab some water, what have you. There, Jay. We'll be right back. Um, it's the Texas Hip Show podcast. This is number one hundred and four. We're gonna talk a little more about the eighty-eighth legislature coming up here this uh, at the turn of the year, and um, and we'll talk a little bit about you know what we can expect with that whole smokable hemp ban. I want to ask Jay a couple of questions about that, and if we even think they'll rule until after the session is over. So a uh, bit of concerns there as we get to the end of the year make this push and and get ready for the session next uh uh, next year in 2023 as the 88th to get going so stay put jay we'll be right back on the other side this is podcast 104 of the texas hemp show we'll be right back but brother i didn't know her sound was gonna be that much she got the gold mine i got the shaft they split it right down the middle and then they give her the better half well it all sounds sort of funny but it hurts too much Howdy, Texas hemp lovers. I want to invite you to the premier Texas hemp event, the Taste of Texas Hemp Cup, happening on December 10th from 2 to 10 p.m. at the Far Out Lounge Stage in Austin, Texas. Presented by Rare Earth Genomics and produced by Grow House Media in 1937 Apothecary. National speakers, live music, awards, glass blowing, and over 20 Texas vendors with official judging partners, the Texas A&M Hemp Research Program. Tickets on sale now at thetasteoftexashempcup.com. Bank for Life, we understand the unique struggles this emerging market creates for early adopters. We love working with innovative entrepreneurs on the next big thing, and we believe hemp is exactly that. For over 130 years, we've been getting to know our clients and helping them plan for their future. Come tell us your story and plans for your venture. TFNB Bank, your bank for hemp. Proud to support Texas farmers. Visit online at tfnbtx.com. Hey, this is Cheech Marine, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. Why take a chance with your hemp grow? Join Hemp Plan and avoid the risk. TPS Labs' exclusive hemp monitoring program. Hemp Plan members get one-on-one consulting from knowledgeable consultants who are available when you need them most. If you want to take the guesswork out of growing hemp and focus on what matters most, call TPS Lab today and ask for your free consultation. Take the next step to a successful harvest. Visit tpslab.com or call today at 956-383-0739. Hey, this is Tommy Chong, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. We are ATX bud tenders, and we sell marijuana. Nosotros somos los ATX bud tenders, y nosotros vendemos marijuana. I can keep up the Obviously, that was all made up, and obviously, we don't give a We will serve a cup. We'll serve anyone real marijuana today. 737 Gas Bud. ATXBudTenders.com. Contact us now and get weed cheaper than any time in your fucking life. Would you like to be a guest on the Texas Hemp Show? Get your products or services featured on the Texas Hemp Show podcast and the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. Over 10,000 downloads available on Instagram, Amazon, Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. Grow your business with an editorial about your services in the magazine packaged with your display ad in print and online. 120,000 copies available statewide in all cannabis and CBD retailers in Texas. Would you like to be on the cover of the Texas Hemp Reporter? 
Ask about our media opportunities by emailing texashempreporter at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Texas Hemp Shows, podcast number 104 uh, this week. Our guest, Jay McGuire from the Texas Hemp Federation, joining us here on the program this week, talking about uh, full panel testing. There's some uh, changes that we need to get done on that side of um, the lawmakers uh, next session. But uh, glad to have Jay on. Jay often a very big advocate for uh, this plant in the Lone Star State and, and often an advocate for the small guy. Uh, if it's a retailer or even a grower, um, the Federation is sometimes there and, uh, and can help you. And I know we, with that Sky and Hobbs case, Jay, I, 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 I reached out to those guys and had asked Jay to call that DA. And I, I think it wasn't long after you called them, Jay, they, they, they dropped that case on those guys. Well, let me, let me give credit to David Sergi. He and I worked together as a team. <clears throat> we smelled a rat uh, once, uh, once the uh, hunter, it was really clear that the, uh, uh, that the DA just didn't have evidence because it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. The chain of custody was hinky. The, uh, the, the, the uh, production from discovery was a corrupted file. It was just a messed up situation. And I've had two phone calls from two other companies in Corsicana, Texas, uh, uh, and, and similar stories. Unfortunately, one of the, one of the individuals uh, had pled guilty because she couldn't afford a lawyer and they, uh, they intimidated her. So, you know, I'm I'm not saying the Texas hemp federation is, is riding in on its white horse, but we do have to stand up for our own in this industry because we're not, we're not selling widgets. We're not selling hardware. We're not trying to be Home Depot. We're selling a plant that has been denigrated for a century. And we've got a law enforcement system that exists today exists having been completely trained to interdict those drugs. It is not their fault and it is not the fault of the people in the industry. We've got to bring them together. Yeah. But in the meantime, if somebody gets crushed up in those gears, we're going to try to help them out. Well, I think, um, I think we need to also educate law enforcement more. Um, there was a, one of the representatives from the ag department, Henry, was at the panel that, over the weekend, um, and I, and then there was another gentleman on a panel that was a former sheriff office, um, county sheriff, and I, I think as a former, as a fellow Texan, Jay, that has had a possession of marijuana on my record, I think now that we get, we're getting to these more, you know, we're starting to get where we can talk to lawmakers and about cannabis. I think it's important that we have communicate to our law enforcement agencies and educate them on other uh, can, uh, cannabinoids that are out there and so that people are not getting arrested for legal products here in the Lone Star State. But, but it does start right. with the education of this law enforcement community. 
if you remember maybe a decade ago, there was a, a spate of deaths and serious illnesses due to fake cannabis products sold at head shops called K2 and yes. Spice. Yes, I tried one once at San Marcos, no doubt, <laughs> some years Did, ago. Was there any video footage of it? <laughs> I don't know, but I prayed to God that I would come back to normal. Eventually, I did come back to Earth, and it was not fun. Well, here's, the, here's, <laughs> here's I think, part of what law enforcement mm -hmm. up until, you know, in, at least in the early days of Delta, 8, Delta 8's emergence onto the market, they looked at it like that. Mm -hmm. This is just some way for the, the, the druggies to come get around the system. Your average police officer, I would even guess your average police lieutenant and captain, they're not aware of the farm bill. They don't pay attention to it because they're focused on their job and then they go home and they take care of their family. Mm -hmm. It's us, it's us debate nerds who can't do anything else for a living. <laughs> who um, <clears throat> and, and, but what they do know is that people were getting sick off of that. And that's, that is initially, I think what they got confused with. And so when in, in the infamous hearing where Senator Perry compared our industry to the cartels, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things he referred to was synthetics. Mm. Now, he didn't understand, maybe, the difference between synthesizing something from CBD, which is a product of the hemp plant, and then taking all these different chemicals and mixing them up, heating them or whatever you're going to do in a reactor, and then take your chances, folks. Here's some packaging that it looks like headshot packaging. Yeah. And people, people were pretty, pretty injured, sick, injured, ill cause problems i think some people committed violent crimes on it out of their minds this is not that yeah mm -hmm. all right delta eight delta nine all of all of them uh are, are basically harmless uh according to my doctor you never see anybody swinging a machete naked around the walmart <laughs> because they, they got a delta eight gummy and it doesn't happen and but it does it a lot of that happens for some reason in Florida. I don't know why it's Florida, but I mean, in, in Florida, know, that, they always that, that's very normal. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna diss the Walmart uh, demographic. I'm a <laughs> Texas man. You know, everybody's got to save a nickel, but um, that that is the case, though. And and it's our industry has to do um, the necessary work to distinguish ourselves from prior bad actors. Yeah, it's in a sense we're kind of paying for the sins of all of those you know, cheap operators that did that a decade ago, this isn't that. And, and we have to show that and kind of have to show the receipts. Law enforcement wants to see the receipt. They want to know that we're not bullshitting them mm -hmm. because if they, uh, if they let, if they screw up, it's, it's their necks. So I think what Sergi and, and uh, Andrea Steele and the others in the cannabis law section are going to try to do is address that mm -hmm. we will be reaching out to all of the law enforcement agencies in the state once that once the curriculum if you want to call it that is is established probably will come up with a a zoom meeting or an in-person meeting in austin for anybody who wants to go yeah. and we'll have a panel and people can answer questions and I suspect that you're going to get more takers in law enforcement than people really think. They well, don't want this headache any more than anyone else does. Well, Jay, I have I have to comment on that because I, I spoke with Andrea Steele uh, at the summit last weekend, and it was good to see her come up there from Houston. Um, but I I said to her, I said, well, how do we get the law enforcement to – I want to be more proactive on educating law enforcement next, next year. How can we get guys at the Sheriff Association – and she said, well, Russell, 
those guys aren't here at the Texas Hemp Summit. They're not. They're not coming to our events. We have to go to them. We have to get go to some go. You know, lobby those guys on their turf is where uh, is where sadly some of this has to happen. Well, I mentioned I met Caitlin, who's a new a new office uh, liaison under Sid's off, Sid Miller's office at the Department of Agriculture. I, I mentioned to her. I don't know what your thoughts on this might be, but I, I'm going to share it with you because I. I thought if a state agency like the Department of Agriculture initiates some form of educational um, summit, uh, would then because we need to have I think we need to have the hemp side and then have the is there a way to get the hemp side with the with the dishes side and maybe even you know uh, the cannabinoid side to all come together under some kind of a you know powwow where everybody in law enforcement gets together with you know, dishes, um, you know, and, and the, the Department of Agriculture and everybody kind of get on and, and, and educate these law enforcement guys. And I just felt like if it came from a state agency to state agency, um, whether it's DPS and, you know, dishes and, and of course, um, to the Ag Department, you know, maybe some interstate agency cooperation might work. I don't know. Just sure. Just throwing that out there. And I, I mentioned yeah. that to the new liaison for Sid's office. And I thought, you know, uh, maybe that would be, um, and I ran that by you know um, Andrea Steele and and the, and Caitlin that works there. And I, I just thought I would mention that to you here on the show sure. because we're touching on that. But state agencies, uh, all government agencies need intergovernmental relations because one yeah. hand needs to know what the other hand's doing. Uh, it, it that would be great, but you know what? They have a thousand and one priorities, and this is not funded. Yeah. I doubt we're going to find the money to fund it. So it's going to be up to industry to drive it. Yeah, um, we had we had considered, uh, you know, tr trying to figure out how we could leverage sales taxes, for example, to help cover those costs. Mm -hmm. Don't know how that's going to shake out, but what I can tell you uh, is that we, Texas Hemp Federation, and some of the other groups that are out there advocating, uh, are going to make an effort. All you have to do is call them. I can mm -hmm. call the the. Pasadena, Texas chief of police and say, Hey, I've got some information. We're sharing it. It comes from the bar association. I represent the trade association. Y'all know me. I grew up here. Uh, I will say guys, I was a young Republican when I was in high school. So they're not expecting me to come at it from the, you know, from the lefty hippy dippy side. <laughs> if, I um, if you go to these, if, if you go to law enforcement with good intent, in good faith, they're going to hear you out. Mm. There might be one or two of the, I don't know how many, how many law enforcement agencies we have in Texas, but it's a lot. It's a big state. Anybody who's hostile to us with, and who wouldn't want to listen to us, they're rare. Yeah. Really rare. So, you know, the Charles Perry's of the world, they're not many of them. They're vocal. <laughs> he's vocal and he's got the gavel. So he matters, but I think it's just a matter for for me. It's a job of figuring out how am I going to educate all of these people, and uh, and make sure it's that that the information is the same in every single county, so that a consumer or somebody shipping stuff from from you know across the state doesn't have to rely on the knowledge that that one sheriff has that is different from that sheriff. Uh, and also the testing sample from this sheriff's department is not testing different from this sheriff's department. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Standardized testing. It is easy for me to identify what the problem is. Fixing it, guys, I, I, look, I'm good, but it's going to take me a minute. Yeah. And I'm sure there's smarter people than me on it right now. <laughs> Podcast 104 of the Texas Hemp Show. Our guest, Jay McGuire, uh, chiming in on the conversation as we um, let's turn a little bit here to this next uh, session, if you can. We, it's great talking testing and law enforcement education. I, I think I'm all for that. Uh, but let's turn a little here, I guess. Uh, Rachel had maybe one for you on some of the expectations for uh, 2023. Yeah, I'm really curious what you think, just based on the current, you know, how far we came in Texas um, up until this point, what changes can we realistically expect to happen during this legislative session? Like, what would you predict? (laughs) Prediction time, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Y'all ever watch CNN and Fox? (laughs) Yes, yes. Up until just a week ago had a job. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think, you know, they're all fired because everything they said tur- mostly turned out to be wrong. Oh, wow. I don't like to speculate, okay. but I, I do have some educated guesses. Okay. okay. Uh, started off the show with me saying that we can absolutely expect a hostile bill to come out of the Senate. I don't think our lieutenant governor has been moved yet by new information. We hope that's going to happen this session. There are some grassroots organizations, the veterans organizations, who I know are going to speak up. Mm-hmm. We will certainly do our best to work with them and make sure that we're helping them platform their message everywhere. Um, and and we really ought to have uh, <clears throat> Mitch Fuller from the BFW on your show sometime. Mm-hmm. Mitch is the state legislative director. Man, the stories he tells about these veterans, and I met a bunch of them, I even joined his post as an auxiliary. You know, mm-hmm. every one of them that I talked to, I got blown out of a helicopter. Our Humvee got blown up. I saw a friend die. Mm-hmm. Terrible things happened. And they come home with mental and physical service-related injuries. The VA only can really yeah. just give them pills, yeah. uh, 10, 11, 12 pills. It's hurting their ability to hold a job and be present for their families and sometimes just function at all. And every one of them is saying... Delta eight gummies are the first things I've taken that give me a full night's sleep since I came back from Iraq. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, that right there, I think is a message that every Republican in this state needs to hear because the way Senator Perry has it framed in his head is 1980s Reagan era, just say no stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can't blame him for it because he, you know, that's when we were all growing up and what we learned. New evidence is coming out. And people who are not prone to, you know, slacking and sitting on the couch eating pizza all day, which is kind of the stereotype, mm-hmm. and certainly not members of the cartel. They're certainly yeah. not, you know, lawbreakers. These are these are our, our honored veterans. Yeah. And they're telling us this stuff is helping them. I think they deserve every every well, opportunity to spread their message and people need to listen. So well, let me tell you, let me tell you, it was a very powerful veterans panel on Friday last week on Veterans Day. And uh, yeah. I mean, some of that got really emotional hearing some of the stories that these guys, you know, have and, and uh, you know, coming back drinking heavily and, uh, you know, and when finally, you know, cannabis provided some relief, whether it was over the counter or, 
not over the counter, Jay, but uh, yeah. certainly hearing, um, and especially there on Veterans Day last Friday was was uh, was uh, it was pretty powerful hearing some of those guys talk. But hopefully, you know, that side will will lend, you know, um, you know, some some open mindedness from you know lawmakers here this uh, next session. Um, I think it will get their attention. I think it'll mm. focus their attention in a way that we've not been able to do before. Republicans are never going to denigrate a veteran in the state capitol. They yeah. might be able to come after, you know, mom and pop CBD store because they don't know them. And it's easy to dismiss them as being sort of these hippies or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't do that to veterans in this state. And they know it. Yeah. And I think that Mitch and his people will speak for themselves but uh, he's got the megaphone and uh, I'm just going to you know, rebroadcast it every chance I get. We will be coordinating other grassroots efforts. So consumers who have similar stories uh, will be taking them to their own legislators so they can tell their stories on their own. Because it's time to just blanket this capital with with citizens and their stories about how this stuff is helping them. That should end the discussion. Everything else should be about how do we how do we fix the system so that the products are safe what's in the what's in the package is what's on the package mm-hmm. and uh how we keep it out of the hands of kids and other than that how do we tax it and and, and everything else is gravy that, yeah. that's the way i look at it well you know we've got to fix some things uh there's been it's been a lot of re- regular there's been an over excess of regulation in um in the in the in the last session there i think what um i spoke to one of the attorneys at the hemp summit last week and i may have been um, michael or lisa but um uh, or cameron but i asked him about the smokable hemp ban and you know they they mentioned to me saying uh i forget who it was i talked to but they said you know russell they may not even vote on that smokable hemp ban until session's over they don't have to rule on that at any specific time. It's very well could be. What I think you- you're. I think I no, sir. I think what you're talking about is the Delta Eight ban, not the smokable hemp. Ban. Sorry, maybe Crown, maybe the, the Delta Crown Eight was pressing case, more. Yeah, the Supreme Court ruled the the wrong way on the Crown distributing case, which which banned the in-state processing and production mm-hmm. of smokable hemp that included vapes, but you can import them from other states. And when Crown Distributing lost that case, we were approached, our legal team that I managed at the time were approached by some companies that thought maybe there's another way to crack that nut. We absolutely do have uh, a game plan. However, it looks like most of the players in the industry that could have funded a lawsuit like that have relocated to Oklahoma already. Yeah. So they had spent. They've spent the money to pull up stakes, build warehouses, move their machinery, uh, move whatever employees they could afford and fire the rest and move their executives up to Oklahoma City and Broken Arrow and God knows where. I mean, Oklahoma, guys, we're speaking <laughs> our home people. It, it's terrible. But what we think <laughs> is that, look, the Commerce Clause of the United States Constitution was designed to prevent the opposite thing from happening, where a state would grant privileges to its own citizens and corporations at the expense of the other other 49 states. What this is, is it's basically um, giving an advantage to out-of-state companies 
uh, and incentivize Texas companies to move out of state to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm saying that on purpose because it's ridiculous. Um, and creating a competitive disadvantage for our own people. The Commerce Clause probably, we hope, uh, covers that because I don't think we've ever found a case where it was done in reverse, but people smarter than me with law degrees which don't have tell me maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether that suit's going to go forward. I have some discussions with some stakeholders. I do know that you know some companies just, hey, we spent the money, you know, we're out. Texas was hostile to us. You know, I hate to hear that yeah. because we pride ourselves in this state on having a really solid economic development plan. Governor Perry and then Governor Abbott have really smart people trying to bring businesses to this state every day. This is an industry, and I hear numbers like this is a billion-dollar industry already. I don't know, but what I do know is those jobs should be right here. Yeah, those companies should be right here. Yeah, and, and sadly, a lot of these guys and uh, many of my advertisers, Jay, they tell me that you know we had to move our packaging facility to the Oklahoma border in order to mail the pa- some of our products back to our Austin office or or, to, so or Dallas office or what have you and and um and and one of the ones that I I mentioned is one of your former clients I think that was up in the DFW area that I, I spoke to not too long ago and um they have Are a you talking about about, uh, about Mike Magani no, no, it was the guys that ran the ad on the back cover. Um, I think the the hemp the the they had the cigarette the 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 they were one of the guys on the lawsuit. Uh, okay, one of the plaintiffs, defendants uh, or plaintiffs, um, but they did say. I, I rep- let me just give you a little side side story. I represented Crown Distributing in the small cigarette matter for about ten years. Mm-hmm. Mike Magani, who owns that company, and I met when the case was going, uh, was underway, he told me that he'd spent 1.4 million on the lawsuit mm. and it was, would have been cheaper for him probably by three quarters just to move, not to bother fighting it, just move across the border. But he felt like it was a matter of principle and he certainly thought he was going to get some, some relief and he didn't. Mm-hmm. So, well, I just know that a lot of these, You asked me, though, you asked me, Russell, if the legislature (laughs) would act on this before the court acts. So we're not talking about smokable hemp. We're talking about Delta 8 and cannabinoids. The lawsuits that Sky Marketing filed is pending in the Court of Appeals. We have a temporary injunction. Mm -hmm. And here's here's what you said. The legislature might want to wait out to see what the court does. Yeah. Here's the here's the thing that we learned from our attorneys who have served on that court. Sometimes the judges wait on the legislature. Yeah. Wouldn't that be beautiful if they just waited on each other and did nothing? I'd be happy. <laughs> that would be a win. I was right. on a, I was once on a, a rental. I was on a case with, a, 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 um, um, it was, I was fighting the apartment complex I was in. They wanted to kick me out of there and I was fighting it and they, they couldn't get me out of there. But my, one of my attorney friends <laughs> told me that the judge uh, we went in there, and it was like Goliath versus David, uh, you know. And here's this little single father raising his daughter in this apartment complex. I'm trying to uh, get just get through the last two months of my lease, Jay. But my one of my attorney buddies told me, Russell, that judge did not rule against you, but he did not rule for you. He did not rule um, for them either. He, so he called that a slow roll. 
And sometimes yeah. judges will just not – they'll just sit back and not vo uh, vote, uh, you know, rule on anything and just let it work itself out or let the time pass, which is what happened to me in that particular case. So let me well, – let's be real specific. The ruling of the district court never even touched on stuff like is Delta 8 good or bad. Yeah. What it touched on is the underhandedness, my phrase – that Dish is employed to enact that bogus ban. You remember, no public notice of hearing. None of us showed up because they didn't tell us they were going to do it, and they banned our products in a six-minute Zoom call during quarantine. That's all the judge needed because it's wow. because it's wrong. It's unconstitutional, illegal, and un-Texan. So we won. I don't know though that once we get past this this point, if we get the permanent injunction, we're great. If the court the appeals court sends it back to the district, we'll be needing to argue the merits of all the other stuff. I hope that doesn't happen, but we live and die session by session in this state. Every regulated industry does. And um, all I can tell you is that we're ready. Well, listen, uh, fire off the website, Jay. Get, tell us some of your goals for 2023. We're just coming up on the end of the show here. I want to let you just kind of plug uh, membership or tell us what's uh, you know your big agenda for 2023 and, and how can folks support the Texas Infant? You know, we're, we're, we're playing a lot of defense these days. Mm -hmm. um, I had really hoped that I could get consensus among stakeholders and industry players who aren't members, you know, to go out and, and talk about proactively talk about not selling to kids you know mm -hmm. age gate at 21 or 18 yeah we can work that out talk about packaging talk about <clears throat> having uh our stuff sold in stores over 21 there's lots of ways that we can be helpful to our government to prevent these products from getting in the hands of kids it's in our best interest because when kids get a hold of it and bad things happen it comes back on us yeah we're not there yet, but we're going to be. So defensive plan, make sure that Senator Perry and the prohibitionists don't screw us. Offensive plan, look to the future, identify potential problems and do what we can today to prevent them. Yeah. Well, listen, um, it's great to have you on. Um, we will be in conversation with you, I think, a lot moving forward, uh, especially as we get into session. Jay, I want to be a little more active. Uh, you know, when I started the business in 2020, um, I, you know, kind of sat and watched everybody uh, go down there and be involved in the session last session. And I feel like this, this in 2023, I, I want to come down there and get get a little more involved and grind out a little grind out and wear guys down down there myself and um so I, i'd like to you know lean on you guys and a lot of you the attorneys that i know in this space and just kind of just let my voice be heard a little more down uh, around the halls down there on congress avenue the next session well russell one of one of my jobs is to help people like you get to the right legislator and make sure you're mm -hmm. telling them the piece of the message that they need to hear from you. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's not a hard job to do, but there are so many people who have so many stories to tell. That's one thing our, our the Federation will do. So if you, we need people to join. We need membership. We need people in every district in the state. We need revenue so that we can, we can fund our projects. Um, go to www.texashempfederation.com, not mm -hmm. org. There is a, 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 a join up uh, widget on there and a donate widget uh, for this is mostly for mom and pop shops and, and consumers, corporations like manufacturers, distributors, labs, 
uh, can contact me directly. Uh, my phone number is 512-954-8054. I'm sure I just gave my wife, Leslie, a heart attack. <laughs> my email address is mcguire, M-A-G-U-I-R-E, at texashealthfederation.com. Come join us. Join the party. We'll have a good time. Well, thank you so much, Jay, for all your good work. It's always great having you on. Thanks for bearing with us on some of my technical in there we, the, for the show that almost wasn't. So thank you for, for being patient with us here on Podcast 104. Um, but uh, uh, stay. Hey, Russell, I take you all on your worst day. So don't, don't apologize <laughs> to me. It's fine. Today might have been it. <laughs> it almost was today but uh, no thank you and, and uh, God bless you and your family and, and have a happy Thanksgiving Jay we appreciate you man right back at y'all alright all right. there Bye-bye. he goes Bye-bye. well good stuff guys we will take our uh, show we'll just take this as our uh, cue to get on boogie on out of here but uh, uh, good stuff this week Rachel really thank you for coming stuff. in um, very educational show I think uh, on on having, having him on there to talk to us about um, everything going on with the next session. There's a lot of a lot of hot buttons coming up with uh, with everything in the 88th. So I do want to get down there a little more. I and do too. Be proactive. I think be great. We should definitely plan to coordinate. We could carpool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just you know when when the 87th was going on last session, I was still navigating the waters pretty early as an activist in this, and I kind of let. Uh, a lot of my colleagues get down there, but I've just really personally been much more informed. Yes, um, in the past two years, I mean, you've learned so much, I'm sure, just well, having all the podcast guests. Yeah, and- podcast. We've done 104 of these shows. I've had, you know, great, um, great people on to, to educate uh, not only our listeners, but I get educated a ton by, by having all of these guys on. And so um, I really feel like I want to get behind the. Uh, veteran side of things i'd like to also push for better education mm-hmm. for law enforcement so because law enforcement law enforcement have better things to do they yeah they really do and in austin and then uh, like we saw in san marcus and colleen just decriminalizing it because they don't want to mess with this no it's not something that you see in the municipalities they are making changes in in uh their cannabis laws they're reviewing this um you know lawmakers are going to come around and um We've just got to educate them. But I, I, I think I'll be down there in the halls uh, knocking on doors down there and, and talking to reps and, and just letting them know, hey, you know, come on my show. If you heard the things I've heard in the last two years uh, as a host of this show or publishing this magazine, uh, it's very educational. And, and you know what? When, when, when they go into session, we make the magazines available to each member oh, that's great. Of, of the Senate and, and Congress down there at, at the state rep level. So we mail the magazines to the reps during session. Oh, wow. And I think that's kind of a cool thing, yeah, that, we, that, is a great thing that we do. And so we make them there that way. But but um, anyway, good show this week. Thank you for coming down. Um, you've got some stories that you are working on. You're turning I in work. Know, yeah. Your work's starting to come in. I know. I, you know. <laughs> It's a little delayed, but hey, I was at the Texas Hemp Summit last well, week. Well, so. it was great to have you and Carl and, and yeah. have the both of you there with us uh, last week. And, it was and great. There was just so much brilliance in one room. I even posted that on social media. I'm like, there's just so much brilliance. I learned a lot. Well, it was very educational to hear all those panels. Like I said, the veteran panel was very moving as well. Uh, but uh, just to see this, the, the shape of the industry in the Lone Star State uh, take shape and and that first annual hemp summit was really cool so shout out to uh, those guys uh, for a good job last week 
We may it may be Sid Miller on the cover. That was a very interesting. Uh, we got some great photography. We may have Sid on there. I'm told we're going to have an interview with him. So okay. we'll see. We'll see about that. But let's boogie. Let's get out of okay. here. Until <laughs> next time. All right, guys. We'll see you. It's the Texas Hemp Show. We'll see you next week. Who do we got? Uh, Greenhouse Wellness, Santa Cana, and then the Texas Cannabis Clinic will be on on the 8th of December. Um, so, uh, yeah, stay tuned next week. Greenhouse Wellness will be on Podcast 105 on the Texas Hemp Show. Thank you to our guest, uh, Jay McGuire, the Texas Hemp Federation. Uh, appreciate him, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. I love is making music with my friends. I can't wait to get on the road again. Hey, Jay. Hey, don't quit your day job there, pal. <laughs> I hey. have a question.